back to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me at fat underscore lobster, and I am joined by the Salmon Sisters. What's up, ladies? Just kidding. It's Chuck and Gene again. How are we all doing? Uh, um, I'm doing okay. I've been sick all week, so you can find me uh, huddled in my bed. Um, but online, you can find me at Chuck Siders, or you can find the show uh, at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak, and you can find me in my fat pants. <laughs> do we know what the Salmon Sisters do? And we see this commercial every Sunday, like a million times. I think they uh, are they t- artists. I think they, they catch the women. I think they catch fish. Yeah, but it looks like they're also doing artwork. They probably take like really cool Instagram filtered photos of their fish they catch. I'm just I mean, trying to wearing... avoid talk. I'm I'm just trying to avoid talking about the Eagles. Oh. <laughs> so we'll talk about fish. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if if they put enough craftsmanship and take enough pride in their catching of fish, isn't that an art in and of itself? That is correct. I agree. They also wear waders, so that's always kind of sexy. (laughs) We can do a whole show on what what is art. We can do the Salmon Sisters. We can do Banksy. Like, we... (laughs) Like we only and, talk and, about sports, and half of our listener base just unsubscribed. <laughs> so <Yeah>. great. <laughs> all right, so Eagles, uh, Eagles drop another tough one today. Man, Ooh. this is what is another game that I feel like we were the superior team that we ended up losing this game. The interesting, the nice thing about the last two games is I feel like you can pinpoint about three or four very specific places where you can go. Yep, that's where we lost the game, right there, and then oh then right there and then uh, right there too well we're going to talk about those specific instances i think uh, but is that but that's is that not football anymore is that not what I mean, every single game comes down to like it, they have a whole show called turning point based on it right well if you're the yeah, cleveland I mean, browns it's it's also how quickly can you get to overtime they really should just start with a 10 minute period <laughs> Of three to three football. Let's just cut to the chase and just make this overtime. There's a 15 minute game. Everyone can get home early with the Browns. So the Eagles, uh, what was the final score today? 20, 23 20? No, it was a two point. So 23 21. Yeah, 23 21. What happened to the Eagles team that used to score like 35 points? You know what? I wanted to do that. I wanted to go back and look and see. Um, how long it's been since we've been so inept on offense? Because we, if we were scoring thirty-five points a game, if we were scoring twenty-eight points a game, we would be probably like four and one. I think before the season started, we were doing your your over unders. Um, which, by the way, it's September's over. We need to uh, to tally up the score on those. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Th- I know there was no. I know. <laughs> Uh, Gabe Kapler didn't get thrown out of any game, so that one bit the dust. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, I think I was just in my head doing calculations going, okay, well, we score like 30 points a game, so four games was at 120 points in September. Uh, we're, we're way off that pace. If we're paying prices right rules, I might have been closest with 55. <laughs> yeah, it's true, because uh, we all went over. But, um, no, I, Dave, I think we've been sort of, uh, you know, coming close to this point a few times here, it's the the Eagles show moments of brilliance. They show a quarter of a great team. You know, we show that we can score, 
but we'd spend, you know, half the game, three quarters of the game not doing it. So it, this game was different than the Titans game, where the Titans game felt like we were just waiting to win it. This one felt like, all right, we blew this game, and then, oh, crap, we can come back and win it, and then we failed to do that. Yeah, this game is one of those, like, you can't win it in the first quarter, but you sure can lose it situations. Um, and w- I mean, so, all right, let's talk about Carson Wentz for a minute. The, is Carson Wentz still... Uh, getting his sea legs or uh, however you want to put it is, is he still getting up to uh, you know up to speed with everything i feel like there are times where he looks totally fine but i think one of the problems is he's getting hit a lot mm-hmm. he um he does yeah. not have the kind of time he had last year um and he's getting really whacked around um so i just don't think that he has the time that he had uh, I don't know that he's got the confidence to do some of the things he was doing last season as far as his escapes, um, or maybe he's trying to try to, to, to beat teams with his arms more. I feel like his his throws are, are perfectly fine. I feel like his decision-making, for the most part, perfectly fine. Most of the things that are biting us with his situation is is the sack fumbles are killing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's I was going to disagree with you about the decision-making a little bit. I mean, he... I, I think part of his evolution, the next stage of his evolution needs to, you know, it needs to be, when do I cut my losses with this play? And he's really hurting us a lot, trying to extend this play, extend this play, extend this play. I mean, that's half the reason why he's getting hit as much as he is, um, is he's trying to keep a play alive. We're getting intentional grounding calls. The one, the one intentional grounding call really hurt us today. We're scrambling around. We're, we're, we're getting uh, the, the ball knocked out of his hands. Um, so, I mean, how much of this can we put on Carson's shoulders? Do you think he needs to, some more check downs? Do you think he, he's got to go to the to the escape guy and just take that two or three yard? It's there. I see it. I yeah, see that, the guy so do I, too. Waiting. Yeah. I feel like he's just looking for the guy going, you know, the receiver and then the tight end. And then usually by then he's out of time. <laughs> well, the last thing I want him to do is turn in the sleeves, obviously. Yeah. No, uh, or some sort of check down Charlie. But I, I, like, I like the aggressiveness. I like the, you know, I want to go downfield first. Um, but man, when it's not there, it's not there, dude. And, and Dave, I was, before you started your, your point about, you know, his decision-making and maybe holding on to the ball too long, I was going to put very little on Wentz. And I was going to say, you know what? He he looks like the rust is off. He looks like he's okay. He's just not getting enough time. But intentional grounding penalties really bother me. Like, they, they shouldn't be as common as they are with him. He shouldn't hold on to the ball as long. You know, we all know he's not getting the protection he was last season. He should know it, too. Why does so- Lane Johnson suck all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He got him murdered today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I, you know, I, I, I value a scramble out of the of the pocket and throw it away play. It, there's a place for that. And um, I'm not sure we utilize it as much as, as, as we could. But anyway, I don't want to take aggressiveness away from anyone or anything like that. And I'm not trying to blame Carson. I just think that there's he's a little bit culpable in, in some of this. And I agree, but how different would this game be just with one or, one or two plays here or there, you know? Well, it would be very different. We would have destroyed them Yeah, but if you flip you know, some of those plays. Yeah, and, and just pick pick three. Pick three of the plays. Like, 
uh, Aguilar catches, you know, a certain pass, you know, that was okay, maybe slightly out of his reach, but I think he got a hand on it. He should have pulled that in. You know, the, you know, do we want to get to fourth and 20? Or should we stay at 20? Well, actually, I have something from the very beginning of the game. I I didn't see, did we win the coin toss? (laughs) I think we did because we deferred. (laughs) So here's my point. And that's what I was hoping was what happened. Why if the defense is going to get burned on the first drive of the game, like every week? Why don't we try taking the ball again? We we default to deferring. That's what Doug does. I don't understand why if it's not working, if we're coming out and getting torched on the first drive of the game, why don't we go back to taking the ball first? At least trying to change the mojo. I, hey man, I I don't I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I mean, we we came out today. We knew that we knew our weakness is the secondary, and of course, that's exactly what they what the Vikings exploited on that first drive. Well, the Vikings they basically said it in the in the pregame is they're one dimensional. They don't run the ball. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, they just marched right down the field, and we were lucky that they missed that first field goal, or else the scheme would have been worse than it was. Um, but I, I mean, I'm really focused. Like, let's talk about the offense because last week we talked a lot about we need to run the ball more. We're effective running the ball. Let's let's. Are we going to make that course correct? Like what happened last year with the Chiefs game and the you know the the team approached Doug and said, "Look, we want to run," and then he came out and ran it like 35 times or whatever much it was. Um, we get the ball. Uh, fortunate to be still tied. Uh, three straight running, pl- uh, three straight passing plays. Uh, the first pass probably should have been intercepted maybe oh, yeah. for a pick six. Yeah. Uh, and and Carson gets hit. Um, the second one was incomplete. The third one, Carson gets sacked. And it's just you know I, I don't. <laughs> our and offensive not- line needs needs. Uh, it, it needs help, and the running game helps that. So, I mean, again, with the passing, we had, what, 35 pass attempts to 17 rushing today. Do you think anything has to do with the fact that he doesn't feel that he's got a running back right now that can carry the ball 30 times a game or or 25 times a game, that he's not comfortable with Jai with carrying that kind of load or Smallwood or – because Who, I just he? Are you talking about Doug? Doug or Deuce, whoever is the one that's that's putting the you know putting this together as far as who's got the the back the the backs because he's got Clement still hurt, Sproles is still hurt. Um, you know, I think that the original plan for the running back com- by committee was that they were going to have three guys that were going to be able to each take the ball ten times a game, and I don't think they've got those guys. So I feel like they're kind of trying to improvise on on what was the plan, trying to get these guys healthy. And I don't Has think that Ajayi is said healthy. These guys are on some sort of uh, carry restriction. I don't know that there's a restriction, but it just you know the eye test is it seems like that they don't want to get to any any of these guys in a rhythm. Um, you know what I mean? I feel like Ajayi is the kind of guy that when he carries the ball. He gets stronger as he goes, and that's. I just. I feel like he's just not healthy. Like I know he's. He's still got back issues. I know he came off again today with with another injury. I feel like he just can't stay healthy. And I. I don't think he's going to be back next year. I don't. I think that how he's no, going to cut his losses no, on that. He's one. not going to be back. But again, another day where we're getting four point eight yards per rush. There's no reason to not ride this. 
I just don't see it. And there was a stat that came out today in the postgame show that since Carson Wentz has returned to the lineup, 129 passing plays to 68 rushing. Wow. Wow. Those are Andy Reid numbers, man. Those are truly big reds kind of like ratio. <laughs> yeah, I get like, you know, if there's one player that you trust that you want to have the ball in his hands and, and control the game, it's Carson. But, man, give this guy give this guy a break. This is a running team. I honestly think that. I think they I really are. At, think I think that they are at their best when they run in on first and second down. When they're looking at third and three, third and two, instead of third and twelve, third and fifteen, third and eight. I just feel like they're putting themselves in way too many third and long situations, and it's just not good. The, I I feel the identity of the identity of this team should be a power running team that works the passing game off of play action. And that makes Carson Wentz so dangerous because we don't have the receivers that make you th- make the, you make you afraid of. Well, they constant... don't separate. No, no, we don't have anybody that's really a downfield burner. Um, I think maybe Gibson was supposed to be that guy, but he got his first catch of the season today. Uh, Jeff Alshon Jeffries has impressed me. He's looked really good when he's gotten gotten the ball. He really does well with with catching things in traffic. Um, he's really reliable with. with He's a really he, he like a, the equivalent of a, a baseball a bad ball hitter. I feel like he's a bad ball catcher. You know what I mean? He's he's really good at balls that are like ah uh, he I don't know if he's gonna you know if he should catch that. He he yeah. has a knack for that sort of making those sorts of plays. And it's frustrating with me with watching Matthews and uh, Aguilar. Aguilar, yeah, because Aguilar's had a ton of bad drops the last two weeks. Aguilar's had a ton of bad drops. He had another one today, and he had I think two in the Titans game, and it's killing me and there was a, a lot of mental mistakes with Matthews I don't know if it's being out of football for for a while but like in the fourth quarter he made that that catch and then ran himself out of bounds um it was the two minute warning, the two minute oh, warning. like awful. you know he probably could have gained eight more yards because there was nobody anywhere around him he just runs himself right out of bounds yeah but that was the least of our problems during that whole situation well so the first half I mean the first half was like a a daze like was, I don't even know. I I didn't even take any notes. I was, was just watching it, going, "This is I don't even." There's nothing to even say. It's just I feel it's like, terrible. I feel like the offense was hardly on the field. It was like, "Oh, another three and out. Oh, another three and out." Right, but then we came out of the half, and it seemed like Doug took the adjustment. Right, he was pounding it. It was a jai, a jai, a jai. Um, and then he fumbled it, and it was in the like, red zone. You're done. It was just crushing. It was just crushing. No, no other way to say it. We were just, I was just crushed. When I feel happened. like we were definitely going in there. I feel like we were. Oh yeah, so we had them completely on their heels. The offensive line w- was was really uh, w- w- working. They were blowing people up off the line. We were marching down the field, and that that fumble. And we want to talk about turning point plays. I think that 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 was the beginning of the end, because after that, Doug was like, "Forget it," and, and we were too far behind anyway. Yeah, because they came down and got a field goal off of that. I, did they get seven off of that? They might have. I could check yeah. the game log, but. But I know that the, I, I'm fairly sure just taking that momentum away from oh, us. Oh, you're right. They got a field goal off of yeah. that. I'm sorry. T- just taking that momentum away from us um, <clears throat> where we were about to go in there and get seven um, and they go and get points off it. That it just totally turned, turned our, turned our wheels. Yep. Um. So where do we want to go to next? Talk about the defense? 
We were talking about the Bennett, the Michael Bennett um, personal foul. I mean, we can talk about it. I still don't think it exists. <laughs> Chuck, where do you weigh in on that one? I, I, I'm not certain. I, I bear in mind that I watch most of these games uh, with the sound off. I am like the prototypical, like Comcast. You know, you can watch the game in any room of the house. So I'm flipping between my TV, the iPad, and my iPhone. So I saw. You're so techy, man. <laughs> I have two kids who want my attention on Sunday. I watch the game how I watch the game. And I saw the the personal foul, but I didn't see it. And I didn't hear the conversation around it. So I spent most of the time going, what the hell's going on? And I'm watching replays and still not seeing it. So I guess I have to say it didn't exist, but I didn't hear the greater conversation around it. Do you think it was that it was too low? Is that what you think well, the you call have was? You hit a quarterback in the strike zone, right? Um, so you can't dive at a, at a quarterback's knees um, and take him down that way. I think that's the Brady rule. Right. There's so many rules involving Tom Brady, I can't keep up with them all. Yeah, but um, if the quarterback, like, like if you're laying on the ground and the quarterback walks into your open arms, like is that tackling at the ankles? Is that tackling at the knees? I, I mean, I certainly didn't feel like he dove at his knees. Well, let's put it this way: I think I understand why the ref threw the flag. He he came around the edge and he it he, I, it looked like he lost his balance and he started going down. I'm not sure if the the offensive lineman helped that in any way. I, I, you know, when I first saw it, I said, yeah, that's going to be a flag. He, he, he hit him low. Um, but then after watching the replay, it looked like he was already down and then just managed to um, ma- managed to wrap up his legs and, and, and bring him down look, rather safely. It looked like yeah, that was me. the thing. So, like, I feel like he, it wasn't that he was coming with any kind of like that, like speed. You know what I mean? Like it felt like he was already on the ground and maybe kind of picking himself back up and kind of wrapped him up. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like it was violent at all. But for me, it just looked like a missed tackle. Like he seemed to have made contact, like then hit the turf. And then it was just like, Oh, he happens to be like, his feet happen to be in my arms and we'll try in vain to contain him. I'll just hold those. I'll just hold on tight. Yeah. Like, so it's not, I wouldn't call it a hit. The hit happened at like the quarterback's hip. You know, he had cousins at the hip, and which, then which cousins seemed to absorb that. Yeah, and and hitting at the hip is fine. That's a good tackle, and then it just he didn't go down. And then what the hell are you supposed to do? Like I'm not touching you. Like right. you're allowed to grab the feet, right? Is like it, you're not. It's not a hit in the feet. Is it Malcolm Jenkins that said they might as well just put flags on quarterbacks? It would just it would just make it all simpler for all of us if they would just put <laughs> flags. on I them. mean, it seems like that's not necessarily a a bad idea. Um, so that play was a, it was second and six on the Philadelphia 23. Right. Um, and that put him on the 11. So, I mean, it, I'm not going to say it directly led to a touchdown, but it pretty damn close to leading to a it touchdown. It certainly didn't, didn't help stop anything. Um, what else on the defense? Let's talk about, let's talk about my buddy. <laughs> Jalen Mills. I think it says be a record before his name came up, especially after a performance like today. Well, yeah. No PIs. That's true. He did not get his standard inside the five pass interference call. 
We got a straight up burn for a 68 yard um, pass to Thalen. That was a a killer. It was ugly too. It was, was one of like it was one of like the most pure like out of your jock strap guy just flailing behind you <laughs> burns I've ever seen. Like on just like it's such a typical double move. There, there's yeah, one. He is also early. firmly behind Jalen Mills. <laughs> there was uh, <laughs> there was one play early in the game where. Like he broke up a pass, and um, and I guess I did have the sound on at this point. They're like complimenting him. It's like, oh, that's a great play. I'm like, well, he kind of had his shoulder on him. It would be a weak pass interference penalty, but like they probably could have called that. You know, he just sort of stepped in and sort of. Oh, I definitely think I know what your play you're talking about. I definitely feel like he was in early on that play. He was in early. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about too. And yeah, he he was in early, and that. And the well, well, let's talk about the uh, the Fletcher Cox Jalen Mills showdown. Oh, uh, that was one of my favorite moments of the game. So, I, it, this play also, I think uh, Mills was in in on this breakup a little early and maybe could have gotten called. Uh, and they had been jawing season. all game. Like Thielen and 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 Jalen Mills were jawing the whole game. After every play, the two of them were yapping at each other. Yeah, but. Jalen Mills has got no room to yap. Well, he just yaps. Like, that's just he's his thing. He's toasted all day. He's just – he was probably yapping as the guy was burning him. He was probably <laughs> saying shit all the way down the field. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Other wideouts destroy me much better than this. <laughs> I, I'm within 10 feet of you, man. You didn't Everybody even, need, like, you didn't even need that double move. You could have just ran. You didn't even need the double move. You're just being fancy. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, so Mills gets in uh, Thielen's face because he broke up a, a, a play, and, yeah, they're jawing, and then Fletcher Cox has to come and, um, and pull, pull, pull him apart, I guess, kind of say, yo, man, you're, we're down two touchdowns at home. <laughs> Is there any way you can not get a 15-yard penalty here for being stupid? Like, can you just not do not that? Help us. So it's like not only do we have dumb plays in the play, now we're doing dumb things after the play. And it seemed like know. he wasn't listening to Cox at all. And, and Fletcher was like, no, I'm serious. Like, you are going to the bench now. <laughs> but I think I know the problem. I think I know the problem is Sidney Jones can't tackle. Sidney Jones cannot tackle. Ronald Darby can't tackle without getting hurt. Sidney Jones can't tackle. Yeah. Or he chooses Dar- not. Because Darby has hit is. people, but then Darby then has to come off for like six plays. I think Rasul Douglas can hit, but I don't know that he can cover either. We and need uh, we need to do some gene splicing. Some gene splicing? Like we need to build yeah, one decent cornerback? Like one good cornerback out of all of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that could be our new segment, Gene. Gene splicing. <laughs> one good cornerback. <laughs> so, Gene, who are you splicing this week? <laughs> I'm taking a little bit of Jalen Mills, and I'm taking a little bit of... Deion Sanders. I'm going to make him into a great cover corner. Don't I'm touch Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> Don't touch Malcolm Jenkins. He's the only one that can tackle out there. No, and he's so clutch in a fourth quarter. I feel like that guy just, as soon as he gets down to crunch time, all of a sudden his name starts popping up. It's almost like we're wasting his efforts um, in that fourth quarter. But All right, so Doug's decisions. This is what I've been waiting to talk about. <laughs> Some um, interesting... Uh, Interesting things going on here. Where do we want to start? So we get it to – we just scored a touchdown. And so we get it to 12 be... at that point because we had two field goals, and then we uh... score the first touchdown, and it's 12. What, what was it? It was 20 to 6, right? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then we scored a touchdown. Right. Which, you know, under any other head coach cuts it to seven. Right. Well, that uh, makes but sense. not Doug. No. Doug goes for two. And I think everybody in he probably even the Vikings were like, why? Why is he? Do, what is he doing? What? Oh, oh, I, I loved we, it. I, I actually loved it. it. I thought it was a great call. I was surprised when it happened and I was a bit confused and I was like, what the hell? He's a maniac. Um, but then after I thought about it for a minute, it does make sense. And I, I said, OK, so it lines us up for the win if you make it. And if you don't make it, you got a second shot at right. going for two later. Yeah, you can it. give her two again later. It's not the worst decision. It's really not. It, I mean, not, you can defend that decision. Um, I think that it's certainly a decision you make more often at home. I feel like it's a really bad decision on the road. Well, it's um, going for a win, so I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, is it going for a win, or is it also it gives you another option to tie? So, you know, if you if you go for two there, two field goals tie the game as well. So you have more options. Yeah, good. Like, I like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I saw some conversation about this of, like, talking about, uh, at that point, what was it, 12 minutes left in the, the fourth? or Yeah, there was a lot of time. It wasn't with the whole quarter. Yeah, there was plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're in the fourth quarter. You're going to get the ball back a couple of times, two field goals, and you tie it. So it's a, it gives you more options to stay in the game longer. And from that point, it made sense to me, you know, given the circumstances of the game. So initially, I hated it. Initially, I thought it was a unnecessary gamble. I like that it didn't give us much time to hate it, though, because it felt like it happened real quick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think Doug's saying, I'm not going to miss two two point conversions. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that's not going to happen. Right. So, okay. So we make that, and now we're down six. And I'm feeling pretty good at that point. I'm feeling really good at that point. I'm actually feeling great. I mean, are we going to actually overcome this first half? We get the miracle turnover, right? Like, this is playing into our hands perfectly. And, Chuck, to your point, I said the exact same thing you were saying. I'm like, this is ideal because even if we did nothing here, we can kick a field goal. We're already in Mm -hmm. field goal range. We can kick a field goal. Now it's a three-point game. Yeah, we literally around. we literally could have just sat on the ball for three three downs and kicked the field goal. Or just kick it on first down <laughs> at this point. Yeah, honestly. So here's what happens. That would be really it. some some risky, some high-risk maneuvers. That would, be, start, that would be risky biscuits. Some, some, some kicking on first down. <laughs> <laughs> well, bank the points, but... Uh. Go on, Dave. You're going to break down the horribleness that happens next in the game. I thought I was. Um, Let me pull up the outline and see if I I have it. Okay, no, here it is. All right, so uh, we have it on the Minnesota 30, right? Uh, JJ runs for six yards. That's good. Um, So we should probably stop running. uh, (laughs) Productivity like that. Um, Oh, no, no. uh, There was a penalty for an illegal formation on that play. Right. Now it's first and 15. Uh, I don't know why we don't just start first and 15 in the fourth quarter. I feel like we should just start first and 15. Just, you know, (laughs) bank the penalty. Just be ready to go. (laughs) We'll start first and 15. Pick which penalty we committed. Illegal formation for the second time in this game. Uh, That was. So illegal formation, first and 15. uh, Incomplete pass. 
Um, it's second and 15. Now there's a neutral zone infraction, which gets us, uh, gains us five yards. Uh, so now it's second and 10. Um, then Wentz has his intentional grounding. Which was one of the uh, – it's just a dumb play. That was the one that was to, now, like, literally nobody. Now it's third and 20 from the 40, and it's a, it's an incomplete pass. Yeah. So and now we're a, in this And that this was a bad, area, that was a bad play drawn up because, really, you didn't even need the first down there. You just needed a play that nets you, like, eight to nine yards there to put you into a more comfortable kicking range. But on this third and 20 – this incomplete pass to Alshon, he should have caught that ball, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that, he, he, that, was, Wentz's, that was a great pass. And he was and he was right at the marker, too. Right, so then that gives you an option to either go fourth and dug or just kick the field goal, which I think we all know what would have happened if it wasn't a first down. We Wide right? For it. No, stop. Um, <clears throat> so now it's fourth and fourth and. 20 or 4th and 25. No, it's 4th and 20. 20. It'll become 4th and 25. And we bring out the offense on 4th down. And Minnesota's like, this is insane. I don't know what's going on right now. We're playing Tech Mobile. (laughs) I don't even think you're allowed to do that on Tech Mobile. I don't think you're allowed in 4th and 20 on Tech Mobile. (laughs) So I'm going to run back 40 yards. Uh, So they call a timeout. And you know what? I actually think we should do this more often. Right when it's fourth and forever, and the defense is bringing out the the punt team, you bring out your offense <laughs> and make a timeout. Then after the timeout, you just bring out the kicking team. Right, you just make them burn a timeout. They just make you make them burn a timeout. It's not. Yeah, a bad I like the strategy, but yeah. that's not what we did. So now we're trying to hard count them to draw them off sides which there's no way that's going to happen like any team that has any brain you're just going to stand up there like you cannot get called for any kind of a penalty that works on fourth and one because you're trying to get every yeah because every little advantage you can to stop just a one yard play when it's fourth and 20 you don't need to have that you don't need to be on that razor's edge right you're not going to be that aggressive oh Doug. and that just makes it fourth and 15 you you can do that three times (laughs) Well, I think he wanted to get an extra five to give Elliott a, a better chance at a field goal because it didn't look like he was too confident uh, with Elliott kicking a 58-yard field goal at this time, so he punts it. I don't know. It was just a weird – like, I understand, every, like, why everything happened the way it did. I just – it was just unusual to see. I, I don't know. I don't so know where you, we find ourselves. So you think if they, if, they jump, is, if they jump there, he kicks a field goal because they don't yeah, jump? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it yeah, was. I, it I was. He was I having some kind of weird mojo with Elliot's leg. But this series is. We talked about it last week. When our penalties pile up and they stack on one another, and we yeah. were already in field goal range, and we went backwards on a, a series that was supposed to get us the lead. Or yeah, yeah, because we're supposed to go in on that turnover and get seven and be up by one. Then we got Doug's bizarre challenge later in the game. Ugh. Yeah. Where, when and did this happen? Did this happen on like the the following? Series? I think it was this next series. I, yeah, I, I think it might even been like the next play. It, uh, it was definitely like that next set of downs. Was that the yeah, Diggs? It was the next set of downs, definitely. It was to Diggs uh, going towards the sideline, and he had like twelve steps inbounds, yeah. and then yeah. we threw a, a challenge. I don't know who possibly could have seen anything but that being a play that was good. Like, who was looking at that, going like, mm, "We should probably throw a flag there." 
and again, I'm watching this with the sound off. I have like my daughter, like in my arm, like rocking her to bed, pretending I'm not watching football, <laughs> but I was, and I'm trying to figure out for the life of me, what the hell this challenge is about. Like, I'm like, okay, was he out? And then we are two seconds into the replay and I'm like, no, he's in. What am I missing? And what am I missing? How many what timeouts do we have here? at that point? Do we have all three at that point? I think we were down to two, and that, that dropped yeah. us to one. And how can you not figure that that's going to come into play if you look at the scoreboard, knowing that you're down at this point one score with eight minutes left in the game, I think, at that point? I don't know, man. These guys do not value timeouts the way they should be valued because we need them at the end of these games. You can do that, that kind of stuff point. in the first half, but in the second half, like you can't be playing fast and loose with timeouts. At, at that point, I, I really began to think of Doug, you know, as this – like reeling gambler, you know, like, all right, you, you, you've gambled a lot, you know, you, you've went all in on a risky proposition. The numbers maybe weren't behind you, but they were close and you won big. And now you've taken a few losses and you're just trying to make another big move to, to, to come up and, and, you know, build up your chip stack. What's bit. that negative progression strategy that we've talked about? Yeah. Um, so basically, Chuck, you're saying that, that no one heard. Chuck is basically saying that Doug is on tilt. Yeah, exactly. That, oh, I, yeah. I forgot that terminology, but yes, I'm saying Doug is on specifically tilt. today. That Doug was just on tilt, and he was just going to start taking. He was just going to take start taking shots. Oh, I got two yeah. seven here. Let's go push. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or a Jack Deuce. Or a Jack Deuce. No, that's me. That's, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> are, um, are they at least suited? <laughs> No, no, you got to go off. Doesn't matter. Only one eye jacks. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> All right. So uh, just closing out this week, um, we're, currently we're in third place right now. The Cowboys are, what are the Cowboys doing right now? Winning. Last I saw they were tied. Let's take a look. I went back to baseball. Oh. And the Redskins play tomorrow night. So I think we'll the Redskins, happens, I feel like the Redskins lose tomorrow night. I just have a good feeling. Best case scenario, we're in second place. Tied with the going Redskins, into a short right? week. We get the Giants on Thursday night. We doing a raw nerve episode that night. I'm available. Yeah, uh, we'll, I think I'm available. We'll drop something in your in your feed for Friday morning, right after that Giants game. Um, but Giants are floundering, man. No wins yet on the year, they, right? They're still winless, right? No, I think they have one win. I think they're like one in three. Mm. Or one in yeah, four I, today. I thought they had one win also. I can't remember against who. Didn't they beat Dallas? But that'd be nice. Uh, but after today's game, you know, I I was thinking that today was going to be a loss to to the Vikings, hoping it would be a win. But I was thinking going to be a loss. I'm like, oh, that Giants game. That's going to be that's going to be a nice, you know, confidence well builder. Poor, yeah, you're right. Gonna be a nice confidence builder to to beat up on the Giants and then have a nice ten day break, but after the way the Giants lost today, oh man! If any team's gonna come out strong, it's gonna be them. Are we there? Well, it's at season home? time, baby. It's season time because all we have left is wins against the division, um, and we go two and four. I mean, it's gonna be hard, a hard sell to get us back into the playoffs. So wait, 
Are we in New York or at home We're on Thursday? We're in New Jersey. It's a road game. We're in New Jersey. Oh, thank you, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> the good people of the Garden State want to be represented. That's fair enough. Um, Picadelphia. Woo! How'd we do? Well, Gene, you, you and I picked the Eagles, so we lost that game. <laughs> Chuck's a traitor who has no faith in the home team and picked the Vikings, so he, he won that game. Um, I had the Ravens over the Browns. I uh, lost that game. Uh oh. Yeah. Who? What did you guys have, Gene? Who did you? I have? had the Steelers. I won my game. You won yours, Chuck. I lost mine in embarrassing fashion. Let's see who I picked again. Um, so you guys I both was... went one on one, and I went zero oh and two. Great. Yeah, I had the Jaguars. I was getting three points. I think they oh, lost. Oh man, they got destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> they got they got chewed up. Hey, real quick, right? There's no way the Chiefs aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year, right? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of ways the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. It's called Andy Reid. <laughs> it's going to be another. They'll go in there with 13 wins and lose in the first round because oh. they can't figure out how to <laughs> how somehow, to manage the clock in the fourth quarter. Somehow Andy has borrowed against you know future timeouts, and he is already out of timeouts for the Super <laughs> That's Bowl. hilarious. Oh, God, poor Andy. The only way that they make the Super Bowl is if this guy Mahomes is actually a super, like, a superhero. Like, he actually has, like, titanium bones or something. Maybe he is. Uh, all right, man. Flyers dropped the puck this week. Finally. Hockey is back. Man, and, like, that first game was so exciting. In Ve- like, if you stayed up for it, you were rewarded. Yeah, it was definitely worth the uh, worth the time. You were actually rewarded because you actually didn't need to stay up and watch the entire game. Yeah, you could go to bed, like, <laughs> by the middle of the second period. And yeah, it was great. Well, I watched the first period, went to bed, and then watched the rest of the game the next morning. Man, just stay spoiler-free. Okay. Um, Nobody was whispering, like, scores as you were dozing off. Like, in no. the, Your son wasn't like, Dad, Flyers Well, I know Gene and I were sending texts. Yeah. No one else was engaged. <laughs> Nobody else cared. It's just you and me. I cared, but, but I was asleep again. I mentioned I was very sick. But... Man, did I feel better in the morning. What a great effort that first game was. The the depth of scoring, you know, all four lines. We talked about the, the top nine looking great. All four lines look fantastic in that did, first did, game. Did the first line get a goal in game one? I feel like everybody I else. Think, I, I feel think like they got the, a goal. I feel like no. the third line really showed well. Was that the Simmons line? That's the Simmons yeah. line. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Vorobiev line. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, Simmons it's got really two Simmons goals that line. game. Uh, Lawton got one goal. Because um, I think JVR got a point off that line too. Or yeah, JVR did get a point coming back. Who was your? Who would you say was the player of the game for that game? Your first star, maybe. Yeah, uh, I'd probably go Elliott still. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think his performance in net um, really, really allowed the second period to happen. You know, the, the Flyers were not that tight defensively to start the game. Um, we came out a little slow, which is understandable after however long the Golden Knights uh, pregame ceremony was, first game of the year, young guys in there. So starting out a bit slow is understandable, but he held us in there and allowed us to go into the second period with a lead. So I'm going to give a lot of credit to Elliot there. It actually felt like he gave up one goal in that, like, 10-minute storm there, and it actually felt like you came out ahead of having only yeah. given up one goal. 
Yeah, it it was it, it was weather the storm uh, for the first ten minutes because the, there was a lot of energy in that stadium, and the Knights came out uh, with their hair on fire a little. I bit. I felt like so. that whole first ten minutes was spent in our end. Like it felt like we never got out of the out of our zone that whole time. It was just pressure. Yeah, and pressure, you pressure. you even commented like they made us look very slow. I don't know if we were slow or sluggish to start the game, but it seemed like we were always a step behind in that first period. And I thought, like, oh boy, we're in for a, we're in for a rough one. It was like one of those uh, those prize fights where you see the the heavyweight get hit right in the mouth in the first that first round, and he kind of staggers around. But then, like, once he finds his legs, he's able to he's able to get back into it. No, we were pinned in our own zone. We couldn't get out of our zone. You know, any any time we were in. Vegas's area, you know, they got us out pretty damn quick and just looked like we were overmatched. That changed pretty damn dramatically at halfway through the first. And that second period was a thing of beauty. The thing like, that was interesting to me was it seems like they started playing our pace. Like, it seems like we purposely almost slowed the game down. Like, they were playing fast, high pressure. And then it seemed to me, like, in that second or the second half of the first period, that it, it seemed like we started dictating. Uh, and it felt like we became more physical. That seemed to be the thing to me that cued off. <clears throat> I don't know if you if you kind of remember what I'm saying or if it was just a vibe I was getting. What was the power play? There was one power play where maybe it was the first power play. I'm not sure, but we looked absolutely dominant on that power play. Well, I think we only scored one power play goal on the night. And that was the power play because we looked sick on that one. Well, I think we looked sick through most of them. I I, I want to say the, the one you're speaking about was in the first period, whereas the power play goal was in the second. Uh, I mean, it could be, hmm. I could be wrong. You you might be right that that yeah. was the one you're thinking of him because you were the one thinking of it. <laughs> but it, the, the puck movement, the, the, keeping the pressure in their zone of going, we're going to meet you at the points and kick it back in. And right. it's less puck control, which is the whole, uh, a newer thing with analytics of if you hold on to the puck, that's a good thing. And, and that means the other team can't get it. And the flyers are kind of like, we're going to give up control of the puck. And then we're just going to get it back. We're going to right. throw it in your zone. We'll beat you, you know, we'll beat you along the boards. We'll beat you in the puck races. And the the power play, I, I think we maybe only have two power play goals or maybe even only one through both games, but the power play has looked dominant. Um what do you what do you expect out of us this season on the on the power play? What, what, give me like a what do you think our percentage is gonna be? Ninety five percent. well i i would i i mean i think 20 percent is a is a very good uh is that attainable for us oh i think we can go higher i think we could go again back in that card sharks mode yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah. i'm feeling a little bit higher i think we can score a little bit more especially with the second power play unit i i would say a good twenty five percent. I'd say. Wow. Okay, that'd be amazing. Out of every four. So yeah, yeah if we I got think... four. If we got four power plays in a game, we were we're going to score one a game. Yeah. And I, I think that's doable. I think with um, and we'll talk about when JVR getting injured in the second game gives me slight pause, but not too much. Um, with Provorov uh, on power play two, 
and Ghost on power play one, uh, Patrick on power play two, uh, playing the Simmons role. I think we have a, a lot of options. So I, I'm really high on the power play. I'm really high on the offense in general. Nice. Well, before we get to the Avs game, let's flip it and talk about the penalty kill because um, you said, what, we're six for seven on the kills? Yep, six for seven on the kills. Didn't let up a single power play goal uh, in the first game. We did give uh, him a shorthanded goal, though, didn't we? We did let up a shorthanded goal. Was that the one to Belmar? No, I don't think it was. I, I don't think that was the one to Belmar. I think. Belmar just initiated the breakout, but yes, we did let up a shorthanded goal. And I feel like that came off of a slash, just if I'm remembering correctly. Like, yeah, we gave up a shorthanded goal, but there was definitely some illegal shit that happened beforehand. <laughs> so that's an there, idiot. Go ahead. There, there might have been some illegal shit that happened beforehand. Um, the giving up a shorthanded goal happens, uh, especially with an aggressive power play and aggressive penalty kill. I think um, before we go into, well, as we're talking about our penalty kill, I think we will see, hopefully, some more shorthanded goals this year because it really seems like a, a change in philosophy as opposed to collapsing around the net and praying for the best, being more aggressive and challenging more and taking a little more risks. Well, I, I hate like, that defensive penalty kill. Yeah, I don't like that either. It seems, it seems like that, the way that people beat our penalty our power play is to be aggressive against our skaters. So I feel like if we kind of match what is kind of like our kryptonite, like you can see that that's, that's a better way to uh, expose a power play is to, to really like get up in a, in, in the, the, the point men's face rather than to sit back and let them shoot at you. And, and Gene, you're exactly right on that because the people who give Giroux time to be quarterback on the power play, you, you might as well pull pull the goalie. He's going to score. He's going to find uh, Voracek, Simmons, or Ghost to score if you give him enough time. Well, it seemed like Vegas really was like backing off, and he was he was just creeping in from those defensive circles yeah. and just being able to put passes wherever he wanted to. Yeah, but the 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 counter argument to that, and it, when you're aggressive and you're pinching in and you're attacking, it looks great. If it's successful, you look horrible if you if you screw up. Like if you go in for a check on Giroux and he pulls it in, walks around you, then there's no one between him and the goalie, and that's a goal. Like that's a goal. That's a relatively quick goal. You didn't even need to make him wait to find a shooting lane. You gave him one. Um, but that doesn't happen that much. I think I think teams are rewarded for being aggressive, and I think the Flyers are are trying it and. Yes, I'm going to go back to Elliot again. I think Elliot did help the penalty kill, but if we can keep up the aggressive style, I think we'll we'll be rewarded throughout the season. Nice. All right, so let's talk about the Colorado game. Um because ma'am, what more proof that the NHL hates the Flyers. What a <laughs> shitty way to start the season. Um we got what three straight west west game west teams. Yeah. Right, starting out in Vegas, going to Colorado, coming home, getting San Jose. I mean, they're all three quality teams, right? Having to play at the Avalanche on the road is always going to be a nightmare to begin with. But to do it the first week of the season, is it feels unfair. It, it does, but... It's the puck travels further, right, in Colorado? <laughs> is that a thing? No, not a thing? Okay. Well, the ice was bad. The ice was bad. I, I'm 
I don't know. I, I'm a snob about ice quality. Well, I'm not, but, and I noticed that it was shitty. So, yeah. When you see the bouncing, when you see the snow, like real mm. quick, anyone out there who wants to know and sound intelligent and go, what's good ice? What's bad ice? If there's a hell of a lot of snow on the ice after a stoppage where they could have changed it early in the period, that's bad ice. So now bad ice affects both teams. So the puck was bouncing on everybody, but the, the ice was bad. But more than that, I, I, in my rankings, had Colorado in the playoffs. I didn't have them sneaking in the playoffs. I had them ahead of a team or two. But I don't think I thought they were this good. Their transition game is deadly. Like, they are like the opposite of the Flyers, where the Flyers will kick it into the zone and then, you know, reobtain possession. The the abs are just going to burn you. Is that is that is that dump and chase? Is that yeah? That's dump and chase. We but... do that like that. I thought that kind of brand of hockey was basically like done. No, no, no. We we do dump and chase, and a lot more times of shot from the point and chase. Okay. So it's it's considered a low percentage shot. Sure. But you're get you're making the goalie make a play, and if if we can engage. Uh, deep in the zone, you know, we can I always think of it like a like a like an army progressing. Like if we can just take over a little bit more of the ice and pin them down and pin them down and establish control of the ice, go, you have to beat us, you have to get past us, then then this team will succeed. And I, I remember seeing I think I was texting you guys. I know I was texting you guys. I don't know if I was texting anybody else. In the first season where Hackstall started, the aggressive style of play where the defense was stepping up to challenge plays, where you had a high risk of somebody getting behind you, and the same thing with the offense, stepping up, throwing the puck in, fighting for the puck, really aggressive style, I've seen in these first two games. Um, and when Hackstall came here, he brought that, and then they backed off and have been semi-aggressive since, but these first two games have been really aggressive. We now you have so, the right personnel to pull it off. That's exactly the point. Um, all right, so what happened to JVR in this game? He took a shot to the inside of the foot. So that's well, a lower body injury? Leg. That's a yeah, lower, lower body. body. <laughs> lower body. So if it's like a leg bruise, that's fine. If it's, yeah. if it's the knee, that's not great. If it's the foot, Although that doesn't seem like it'd be the worst thing in the world, that could be bad. You you break a bone in the foot, and that shit just keeps breaking again and again and again. Well, you're talking to Sixers fans, so oh. we, know about it. <laughs> we know about broken feet, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's concerning. If it's a short-term injury, it's actually probably not bad. We can see somebody like Wheel or uh, uh, Albe Kubel. Uh, and, who had a, and Wheels a been great... a, was a healthy scratch against Colorado? Yeah, Wheels a healthy scratch. And he's probably going to be a healthy scratch because they don't like him playing on the fourth line. Yeah, which... I was. I heard something about this where he's cl- they think he's clearly like a top nine, and because they, they don't have a top nine spot for him, he doesn't play. It's not like you're top nine talent, but we only have room on the fourth line. It's top yeah, nine or bust. There's always going to be somebody probably injured or yeah, yeah, there, or something. Yeah, there's going to be opportunities for him there. But <clears throat> the idea that 
your fourth line is playing a substantially different role than the top nine. Some people say, well, that's idiotic. You know, all four lines should be scoring lines. Whereas you, you want defensive minded forwards in there so that they can contribute uh, during so the game. What do you think is the goal role. of a fourth line in that sense? Like if you're going to have it as a non-scoring line, when do you deploy said fourth line? It, see, I, I'm you're kind of asking me to argue something I don't believe in. I'm for a scoring fourth line. You need responsible. You need offensive players who are responsible defensively. You have it in Couturier, Giroux. People talk about Konechny. I haven't really seen it too much yet. Uh, Simmons, to a lesser extent, not JVR. No. Uh, Vorobiev. Uh, definitely there's some roots of there. Definitely Raffle, definitely Lawton. And I think it's a matter of Laterra versus Wheel. Of can, can Wheel be the kind of center that's going to be able to hold up his end in the defensive zone? And so, will Laterra be in jail? Will Laterra be in jail? It's going to be a finished jail. They punish things differently. He's going to go to jail for two months for his drug ring. But okay, <laughs> um, so the sharks come to town on Tuesday. What can we expect? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think we can expect a game more like the uh, Vegas game than the Avs game. But the defensemen of uh, Carlson and Burns on San Jose, um, eh, that. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of pressure on Elliot. So hopefully Gudis is back in the game. Uh, I think the Follin experiment was a one game experiment, and I, I think it's going to be a tough game. But I think it can be a win. I think if it's a loss, as long as we look okay, look like we're making the right decisions, it's not going to bother me too much. But it, it should be a fun game. It should definitely be an exciting game. I'd say look for at least seven combined goals, maybe more. Oh, That's I like that. Cool. Um, my boyfriend, Carter Hart, has a pro debut. 31 saves. Look good. Got the win. Got the win. Almost got, got a shutout. Well, it was on the way to a shutout, and then it went away. But still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, what, 5-3 to three was the final, I thought, I saw? I, I or 5-2. Yeah, I think it was five two. Five two. Yeah. And one was like a garbage goal. I I didn't I didn't think he gave up more than two. But still, he looked very good, looked very comfortable. We are on a nice we are on a nice pace to see him end of the year. You know, if Elliot goes down, you know, or struggles a bit, you know, come all star break, come March. We could see Carter up here. So, were you surprised Stolarz cleared waivers? Did you think somebody might no. grab him? No, there, there's too many question marks, and you have to keep him on your roster for a bit. So, he's not some he's not some grade A prospect. He was an all star in the AHL, and that's great. Um, Neil Little was an all star. Michael Layton was an all star in the yeah. AHL. Yeah. So, um. And I I haven't completely written them off, but there's just there's not enough there for someone to take a 
you know, take a flyer on him. Um, so I, I was not surprised he cleared waivers. So Pickford's going to be our or Pickard, Pickard or Pickford. <laughs> it, it's it's Pickard. Um, Pickard. He's the backup. Like, I like Pickford though. Yeah. <laughs> our very stately Colonel English Pickford. <laughs> um, he'll be our backup until Neuvert is here. Um, someone said that they expect him to play against Ottawa, which I mean, Ottawa's going to be horrible. So sure, let let him play against Ottawa. Um, but no, he'll he'll be he'll be the backup until Neuvert is healthy, until Lions healthy. Right now, we're just short on manpower. So I I don't think uh, Picard's uh, Pickard uh, is going to spend the year with the Flyers, but for the short term, he'll be here. He he's not a part of the long term plan at all. Halloween, where are we in the standings? Where are the Flyers? Um, uh, Capitals seem to be going out pretty damn strong. Pens, I'd say, I, I'd say solidly third in our division. I'll take it. Cool. All right, gentlemen, let's travel to the east to China where the Sixers play an exhibition game against the Dallas Mavericks in China. And uh, nothing remarkable happened in the game other than <laughs> uh, J.J. Reddick got some polite booing, which is how he described it. Why? Do, do we know did why? Hear, did you hear the booing? Uh, well, I, I didn't see the game because it was on some kind of weird time. All right, so you guys are familiar with why he's getting booed, right? I, I actually don't know. I am not. Okay, all right. So uh, for Chinese New Year last year um, – Oh, now I, I do remember. They, they, the NBA, I don't remember, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay. The NBA did, like, uh, they, they edited a video of different players uh, wishing uh, the Chinese fans Happy New Year, Chinese NBA fans Happy New Year. Um, J.J. Redick, I don't know. He was sick or something. He just got the court. He, he got his words tripped up, and he oh, started God. to say Chinese, and then he cut it off, and it came out sounding a lot like a racial slur oh um about our 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 chinese friends and the editors didn't catch it and that's what went out right right because Um, what editors google it listen to it what editors at the nba speak mandarin (laughs) so decide for yourself whether he said it or not but um so they're playing the exhibition game reddit goes 10 for 10 um (laughs) But every time he got the ball, there was booing. But then when the shot went in, there was cheering. So he called it polite booing. They made their displeasure with his comments known, but they also respected his ability on the court. I just thought it was worth bringing up because it was kind of like an odd um, uh, cultural difference reaction to something strange that happened is all. Yeah, yeah, good for the Chinese sports fans. It's like, this guy called us a racial slur. But you know what? That was a good field goal. What? (laughs) <laughs> that is that is some true sportsmanship and if you watch it all spliced together it's like and it's not like angry booing it's just boo <laughs> yeah right, we made it. I mean, it's it, it's strange to listen to it's kind of weird. do we need like a cultural exchange like send somebody from philadelphia over to china and teach them how to boo like more, no, you, more guys, <laughs> you guys gotta really boo you don't boo right you boo wrong <laughs> You, I'm Dave, I'm surprised you didn't bring up uh, how the sixth man of the year, Landry Shamet. Oh, yeah, monster game. 18 points. I mean, the real question is, like, will he start the All-Star game, right? 
Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Landry Shamet. That's the you know, all-star starting team for the that's East. That's not the right? question. I don't think that's the question we're going to be asking ourselves come come all-star time. So, but if he can come off the bench, I mean, if he can snipe, it looks like the know? guy can. If he, it looks like he can hit down an open shot. You know, which means like he might be the big th- the big thing we pull out of the draft. This I, year. The question is, can Brett drop a play to get him an open shot? And, and that's uh, to be seen. I, I don't know if Brett can drop. I also like that he's a big guard. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can find a place. Because uh, it'll be fun when it's him and Ben him and Ben on the floor together. I, mean, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, though. He might be like a, a four-minute guy. I was going to say, yeah, like four, six-minute guy, like a, like one of those microwave guys comes in and gets, you know, four points real quick. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, microwave guy. Yeah. Um, Baseball stuff. Utley is not playing on the Dodgers in the postseason. Yeah, he didn't even make the roster, right? I was going to for the Dodgers. I usually root for the Dodgers because of Utley. I can't do it now. No. Nah. Well, they're playing the Braves, so I guess. I'm still, guess, yeah. Screw yeah. the Braves. Braves can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, the, the Chinese can be, like, <laughs> take a racial slur. The, the Braves are insulting some people that, like, none of us here are Native American, but we're still like, yeah, those guys can go to hell, take the racist ass to hell, <laughs> go Dodgers. Stop. And then we will boo the Dodgers in the championship series, but no. <laughs> so, who, I mean, like, as a Phillies fan. I generally what, root for the National League minus our division. That's kind of like how I, I line up my loyalties. Um, so I would not root for the Nationals because I hate them. I wouldn't root for the Braves because I hate them. Right. Although, like, there was a time where I rooted for the Marlins, but that's because Darren Dalton and Pete Incavilia, or and Jim Eisenreich played on the, that team. So it was kind of like, you know, right. re- rooting for, for the I wanted Cole to do well, but they lost their wild card game. Um. So who? I mean, you, you like the Brewers? Who? Who? Who are you? I like for both the game? Brewers and the Rockies. I really, I, I watched almost all of that first game. The Rockies game. can't hit right now. The Rockies they're... seem to be completely unable to hit. Um, I was and that very. Sucks. Intri- That's the worst feeling when you have a, a high power offense and you get to the playoffs and it's just they get stymied. Well, we we know very well I, that situation. I know. I you know. know. <laughs> you know. I wanted to really hate on the brew on the brew crew because I really hate. And I don't want to tip my hand at the uh, at my um, my penalty box situation. Can I situation guess? Here. Can I guess what you're going to say? Yeah, go ahead. Is that we should have Yelich on our team right now? Well, yes. They should have pulled the trigger to make they that trade happen. They absolutely should have pay, pulled the trigger on that. That's not the that is one of the things that burns me up. But uh, there was another reason, specifically in Game One of that series, that I was really against the Brewers, and I feel like I got oh okay, I know where you're going with that. Bit in right. the ass on that one. <clears throat> All right. So for uh, my baseball rooting interest, I am yeah. solidly behind the Red Sox. I have a lot of family in Boston. Ew. My my wife went to Boston College, so we are we are Boston people through and through. We we are poor Irish trash, so that lines up well with the Boston aesthetic. So uh, go Sox! All right, well that's the best series that's uh, that's going on right now. I feel like right it's a series season. too early. It feels like it really would have been so much better in the uh, SDALC. Now I thought they had the the Yankees Red Sox rule that they couldn't play until the the championship series. There's a rule right? like you can't play a division. Oh, uh, maybe it, I guess that changed when they brought in the two. I the think two that changed card. when they brought in the second wild card. Yeah, because I mean, like if you're the top seed, you know, I mean, if you have the best record, you should play the. You know the team that comes out of that wild. Card. Yeah, but that used to be a thing when there was just the one wild card. If it came from your division, you didn't play them. 
Um, okay. So, uh, Chuck, you like the Red Sox in that series. Gene, you were for the Red Sox in that um, series. I, this is the rare occasion where, just because I hate, like, heavy favorites. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I kind of the, – the, the Yankees are a little scrappy. Um, I wouldn't hate to see the Yankees win this series, and I I feel I feel dirty even saying it, but Ooh. no, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm always I, I will root for whoever the underdog is in that series. So right now it's the Yankees. So I feel like that's the- where the forces balance when those two teams are are not neither one is too powerful. Like they need to keep each other in check. Yankees were my preseason pick to win the World Series, so I'm gonna. That is that. another team that's got a very good lineup. They have a bright future. Ahead they have a terrible starting rotation. If, if, I don't know if it's terrible. Well, if J.A. Happ, Happ is, is, is <laughs> basically being started, like if you're excited about being able to start J.A. Happ in two games in your series, I feel like you've got problems. Well, J.A. Happ was brought brought in there specifically to pitch in Fenway, um, and that did not – that didn't work out quite the way they wanted it to. <laughs> so, um, All right, any last thoughts on baseball before we move on? Well, it's time for Chuck's penalty box. <laughs> My sound effects are broken. Well, the intro made up for it, though. God, no! Stop! <laughs> that was our first commercial. Yeah. We'd like to thank our sponsors, whatever podcast Dave happened to be listening to. If you would like to sponsor Potadelphia, reach out to us at Let's say it was the whip around. It was the whip around. Woo, whip around. Our parents show. By the way. Sister show. sister show. Sister. Okay, fine. The whip around are daddies. Um, <laughs> the whip around celebrating its 50th episode this week. Do you bring back all the old whip arounders? Like, is it like a cast of thousands? Well, it's going to have all the uh, all the segments. So it's going to be here's the thing with Jill. It's going to be science. It still matters with Phil. It's going to be Sean's cabinet of the macabre, and it's going to be what made Dave angry. This oh, week. I didn't know that there was Sorry, a cabinet the of the macabre. Pronunciation of that. What made Dave angry this week? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's the most prolonged plug we did for the whip around. But if you guys uh, like this show and you haven't listened to that, check it out. It's a good time. Uh, Dave appears on it frequently. Um, they do take far more advantage of the explicit rating than we do, so maybe don't listen to it with the kids in the car, but it's a great time. I and think the we sound s- effects are a lot more organized. Yeah. Yes. Speaking That's because of which, they, have a better, they have a better yeah, editor. We're ready. I think we're ready to go. Okay. Who's up first, Chuck? <laughs> All right. I get the energy up here. Okay. So um, we'll start with Gene because he seemed like he had somebody lined up. Gene, who is in your penalty box this week? The Milwaukee Brewers for the bullpen game. Uh, I hate Ooh. the concept of just going out there with the outgetter, the next outgetter going out uh, to pitch for you, depending on, you know, from inning to inning. And it really, really pisses me off that they were able to get eight shutout innings out of just whoever was the next man up. Because I am a traditionalist and I believe in the starting pitcher as much as I believe in uh, apple pie and uh, <laughs> large breasted women. Like those, these are the things that I feel that we all need to hold true as Americans. Um, so I'm no more bullpen games. Take that Tampa Bay Rays crap. Get it out of here. You've got starting pitchers pitchers for a reason. The only way reason you you have a bullpen game is because you've got a ba- uh, a doubleheader. Doesn't happen in the playoffs. Have a guy ready to go. Yeah, they almost got burned by that. 
Yeah, they almost did. But, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, they got eight innings of, of shutout ball, so you got to be like, yeah, well, that worked. But I don't want it to become a thing. Gene is calling too many pitchers in the pen to get a two-minute minor. Gene is also not filling the room calling out for big-breasted women. But, hey, yeah, what I, what, <laughs> just go for it, man. Yeah, don't, don't let the Me Too movement bring you down. Um, Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box? All right, in my penalty box, I'm putting fans that do the red green combo. So we got we got dual cities uh, that are. I was I spent the weekend in Boston. I was there for a wedding. I saw lots of people doing the Celtics Red Sox combo, green red combo. We see this in Philadelphia too with the Eagles jersey, Phillies cap. Yeah, I'm pretty much against. I've the, uh, the red green combo. I'm guilty of that one. I'm guilty of that one today. It's offensive to my eyes. Just pick one. All right. Dave uh, is going all Grinch on you. And if you combine the colors of Christmas, you're getting a double minor for clashing aesthetics. That actually works as a good um, segue into my point because mine is about accessories. It's about yellow. Such a fashion-forward episode we have. It is. We've been all over the place today. Um, um, It's about yellow gloves on Vikings players. So during the game today, when watching the plays on mute, I'd always see this little flash of yellow. Sometimes it was a flag, and sometimes it was a glove. And I think maybe some cleats as well, but they are the same damn color yellow. And I would just catch it. I'm like, oh, flag in the play. No, somebody just happens to have their hand there. So uh, I'm calling a fashion emergency on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Two minute minor for clashing accessories. You know, um, you would think in October you wouldn't have that problem because this is the month that the NFL pretends to care about women, so there's all kinds of pink <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah. Don't mind that we have a bunch of like rapists and um, you know abusers playing yeah. the actual games. We have uh, we have pink gloves, so we should be in good shape. Yeah, the NFL lets them wear pink after the players had to fight them tooth and nail and get fined for it <laughs> once they realized they could sell pink merchandise. They said, yes, let's pretend we care about women. Uh, all right, guys, any final thoughts before we sign off? I, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting this show to be so woke, but I'm all here for it. Stay stay woke, man. I will stay woke. Stay woke, stay woke everybody out there. Live your best life. Have a great day at work today. We're going to see you Friday morning for uh, some raw nerve reaction to the Eagles-Giants game where we look to bounce back. Uh, we need to take control of this division again. No more messing around. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take this loss lying down anymore. We need to. We need to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and all other sorts of um, um, cliches that we could throw out there. So uh, have a great day at work, everybody, and we'll see you Friday morning. <laughs>